Microphone check one. Chiggy check. What up? How's it going? It's me. I'm back. It's your boy, Adam Pecora, customer services resident bad boy. And this is Requiem for a Tuesday, episode 92. Moving along. Look at us. We got a million things going on today. I got like nine. No, not literally, but I got like six things I want to cover for sure. Who knows what else we'll get into. So let me plug, plug, plug. Like you're trying to take a bath. Uh, Check out the merch. Rfat.bigcartel.com. All the goodies are still there. We got some Microwave Minute stuff on there. Check that show out as well. Rate, review, subscribe. Requiem for a Tuesday Microwave Minutes everywhere. Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're there. Well, I am. Can't speak for justice, I guess. He doesn't know what he's doing. What's up, bud? Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, the music, Multiplex, WolfX, we're everywhere as well. It's all linked in the description below. You can find me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Cool. Got that out of the way. Uh, So as you may have noticed, no episode last week. Had to take the Super Bowl week off. Went a little hard uh, as expected. A lot of pizza, a lot of beer. Possibly some liquor was in there. You know, the there's some green. There's a lot going on. That's all I can say. Didn't feel great. Next day, couldn't make it happen. And here we are. Uh, I also didn't really have anything else going on. Other than the Super Bowl, you know. So I wouldn't have had much to say. We would have done a little short one on the game. My sadness. And we would have been out of here. So now we got a nice full episode for everybody. So I think uh, I think this one worked out just fine. Let's talk about the game, though, real quick. Um, I thought the Bengals had it. I said it the whole time. It's Aaron Donald versus the offensive line. And that's the only advantage they got. And it proved to be too big of an advantage. He fucking wrecked them. I mean, what can you say? Burrow almost had that fourth down pass still. Would have been sick. Uh, didn't agree with the play calling on that third down either. Um, but they should have had it. The game was just kind of over, like, in, like instantly. Seemed like it was just punt, 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 back and forth. Now all of a sudden we're at the end. They're scoring touchdown. Burrow gets them to the 50-yard line in like 10 seconds. And it's just like all they needed was a first down to get a field goal. And uh, I don't know. They had a shot, but. And Stafford, just like I said, he threw the picks. We knew he was going to. He did the point. Which, when does that work out? Mahomes, maybe that's it. He did the point, throws downfield. It's a pick. So, it's a heartbreaker. You know, and I want to I wanna blame that holding call on that third down. Would have been fourth and goal from, what, like the eight? But, you know, T. Higgins got a free one on Ramsey. the only reason they scored that touchdown, so... You know, it's just a heartbreaker. Uh, You saw McVay just losing it the whole time, just like he was in the game against the Bucs. He did not have composure at all. Um, And yeah, I don't know. 
once OBJ went down too, like his face was just red. Like he saw a ghost the whole time. They had no offense after that. Shout out OBJ for crushing it, but fucking Cooper Cup, man. He really should have been MVP because that guy wrecked the game as a receiver. Uh, him and Aaron Donald pretty much did that single-handedly. So pretty tough. Halftime show was fine. Everybody's either like, I really loved it or I wish that there were younger people. I don't, I'm not really in either of those. It was just fine. I, I don't know. It was just pretty casual to me. I didn't like the, See, the problem with having the Super Bowl in L.A. is it was still light out at halftime. You know, at least if it's in Miami, let's say, it's fucking three hours later in the day, but at least a way better shot. I mean, I suppose it technically still could be light out at that time, but that seems very unlikely to me. Uh, and I just feel like that kind of, that always throws off the show. It doesn't, it's less effective. Or you got to be in like New Orleans where there's like no windows or whatever, things like that. Uh, but there's nothing really that noteworthy, in my opinion. So, whatever. You know, Eminem did lose your saw. I was like, Jesus Christ, 50 looked terrible. You know, we all we all know, we all know. And that was the other thing. It's like, what am I going to hop on and say that a million people aren't already saying? I didn't have anything spectacular happen. Lost some cash, you know. Luckily, placed a few Rams backups. Didn't totally clean me out, but boy, oh boy. Didn't come out great. Did not come out great. And it's sad. You know, I, I the Bengals are a much more likable team. Hopefully they actually invest into their offensive line. And, you know, th- that can be a really, really solid group for a while. But who knows? You know, very cheap organization historically. And, you know, all that bullshit, too, like, McVay was like, oh, this might be my last game. It's like, dude, you're 36 as a coach. Most people aren't even coaches by this point, so fuck you. And then Donald's like, yeah, this might be my last. It's like, these guys are talking about retiring before the game's even played. I was like, come on, like, these are all bad signs. Like, you're you're not thinking about this in the right way at all. But then, you know, obviously what happened is what happened. They just fucking snuck away with two wins in a row. That Bucks game, was that in a row? It doesn't matter. So. <sighs> Disappointing end. I guess good for Stafford, good for Donald. I don't really care about anybody else on that entire roster, whether they got a ring or not, but eh, not that I cared about those guys. I don't know. So whatever. It's over. Uh, Not the outcome you would have wanted. But that's why they play the game, ladies and gentlemen. That is why they play the game. Let's move on. Uh, Didn't really expect this to have been on the episode because I didn't think that I was going to watch this movie because I kind of figured it would be shitty or at least not so promptly. But just so happened to be sitting around on Friday and the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre was out. Didn't have shit to watch. Figured, fuck it. Let's put ourselves through this. Uh, Went in expecting a disaster. It was worse. (laughs) You know, I mean, 
it's unbelievable that just so much money is being poured into such terrible products. And it's that fuck Fede Alvarez who, let me give full credit at the same time, uh, Don't Breathe I thought was great. I saw that in the theater. The, the like double twist element was awesome and it was an actually like it was a really good dark horror movie. So I'll give him that one, but the Evil Dead remake is a fucking atrocity. Uh first of all, who was asking for that? I I don't know and whatever. I mean just abandon every single element that makes that movie what it is and then just make it about friends killing each other in the woods. Like, that's not what it is. It's a supernatural movie, and it's a fucking disaster. I hate that movie. And uh, I don't think he directed this Texas Chainsaw movie, but I know he was involved, and this movie was fucking horrific. And not in, like, the positive way you could describe a horror movie. No, no, no. Just a fucking shit show so let's break this one down uh so first of all they went with the uh sean parker social network move uh <laughs> this one's just called texas chainsaw massacre so you know drop the the it's cleaner uh also slightly in the trend of scream and halloween where it's like it's a sequel but we'll just call it the same thing which is totally illogical and makes no fucking sense so i'm already you know, I'm disappointed at you from the poster. Uh, so this thing opens up. Basically, there's like rich millennials <laughs> that bought the entire little town that the whole thing takes place in in the middle of Texas, which... I'm still confused on the, does it take place in, why have I always heard that like it takes place in Michigan or like what it's based on maybe did? I don't know, but I always remember hearing the thing like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is only called that because of the chainsaw. It's actually set somewhere else. So I'm still not really clear on that. Not a big franchise that I'm into. I think it's all pretty stupid. You know, I'll watch the original, I guess, but not really up my alley regardless. Uh, so either way, I'm just saying if that is the case, then this being a sequel set in Texas doesn't make any sense, but I'm probably wrong about that, so that's fine. But they're just like, they're like young people who all have to have like hip things. They're like, oh, look at how we're trying to make this relatable to youth. And they did a thing that's been happening in many things now where one of the characters is like, oh, well, I was in a school shooting and it's like. We're now making, we think that this is so common, or maybe it technically is so common that it needs to be put into movies so kids can be like, oh, that's just like me. Like, we need to represent school shooting victims in every goddamn movie because, like, one in seven kids have experienced it. Like, is that what you think is the case? Because it's kind of just glorifying school shootings. Like, oh, at least we're still talking, like, we're talking about them. Why are we talking about them? Like, just for no reason. You know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, point is, it's just not... I, I'm not going to watch that and be like, oh, wow, they understand my generation, is all I'm trying to say. Like, that's what you could come up with? Like, 
the way they like represent diversity in movies is just so fucking dumb. <laughs> but it is, I guess, what you know, angry people on Twitter want. They want like a chick with blue hair and like, I don't know, a dude with a bum knee or something. Like, I don't really get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need a retard and a black lady, and then the movie's ready. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't know, I would get it if this was like a, like a high school-based film in any genre, but like, it isn't, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, it's not like a coming of age anything, so like, it doesn't, you could have anybody be anything and it doesn't matter, uh, so that just came off really cheesy and on the nose, which, you know, what isn't in this movie, but I mean... Can we, can we just put in some effort here to, like, have real characters, not caricatures of, like, whatever the fuck kids are doing, <laughs> you know? Uh, but anyway, they're somehow part of a real estate group. So they're both, like, at the same time, they manage to be, like, hot young millennials who are woke and, like, understand today's problems and like antifa but at the same time they're also like trying to gentrify a place and like flip the real estate for mad profit to like build a utopian like tech hub community so it's like you you kind of have to be on one side or the other of that fence like technically those are like opposing things um, but anyway, the, the point, the idea that it's like, a in an attempt at gentrification is silly because it's supposed to be an abandoned town. So I, I would just, that's technically like saving the town, <laughs> you know, but I, anyway, n- none of this matters. And that's the point is that all of this is silly. Why are you trying to loop in some complicated story? You know, it was much better when like they just needed gas. Because now you're in a scenario where it's like, okay, if we think about this for 10 seconds, right? So they're clearly there under the guise of like a large corporate entity with like a lot of structure and communication and all this. The, the whole thing just goes out the window. Like there's, there's no phones. Nobody has a phone. I don't even remember the thing where they said that there's no signal. I'm sure there was a line, but... Come on, they show up in a vehicle, nothing bad happens to said vehicle, they could have got back in and left. Like, it's all just, it's all just useless, right? All all the attempts they do at, like, building this, at the same time, poke holes in what's going to happen. Um... Anyway, so I'll get in. I'll get into like the plot line now. Uh, technic again, technically spoilers, but not really. Like I was calling this shit out as it was happening. Anyway, you know, it, it, there you could not imagine a more generic movie. So they go to make sure all the houses are empty. They're just walking into houses, you know, checking them over, making sure nobody's there. Blah blah blah, because they kicked them all out already. I guess. Oh, that's that's what it is. 
everybody should already be gone. They're there to confirm. So it is not an abandoned. It's an abandoned town because they made everyone abandon it. So it kind of is gentrification. See what I mean? See what I mean here, people? All right. I'm open to it. I could be wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that this movie's not a giant piece of shit. Do better. I'm I'm trying to do better <laughs> as well. Clearly. Um Old ladies in the house. Please don't kick me out of my house. You know, she's weird and old and creepy and you know, she's touching them and they don't want to leave. And her son is Leatherface. And then they kick her. And then she has a heart attack because they tell her to leave her house. So they're loading up an ambulance. They're in the back of the ambulance. Leatherface gets in. You know, you already know where this is going. I don't even have to tell you. She dies. He kills everyone in the van. Now, I thought he was going to steal the van and drive back to town. Van crashed. So, didn't have to do that. But, uh, I mean, you know, come on. We've only been doing this since Halloween. Like, they literally just took the, the, the intro thing of Halloween one of them, at least. See, I, I can't even keep track. But how many times has the guy crashed the ambulance? Or just the transport car? Like, what are we doing? Um, And the dumber thing was that, like, nobody was interested in this guy. But th- here's the other problem, right? The ambulance showed up. The ambulance showed up. How did the ambulance show up? You got to call an ambulance, don't you? You know, they don't just sense when someone has a heart attack. So clearly they were able to call someone to do something. All I'm saying is there'd be a response from somebody at some point. It's a huge issue with a lot of these movies, um, especially, like I said, with Halloween Kills, where he takes out an entire squadron of firemen and no government entity cares about that at all. They're not like, oh, these are our people. Like that we gotta we gotta stop a mass murderer who just took out again. And not one of those guys got on the radio as like everybody was being stabbed. They all just stood there and took like it's just all, you know, come on. Just come on. <laughs> Can we just put one like if you're making a mixed drink, you got a twelve ounce glass. You can put 11 ounces of soda in there. Give me one ounce of logic, please. Just one little ounce. You got to have some. Uh, Anyway, basically from there, he goes back and gets them all one by one. But it makes no sense because they're all spread out. A bunch of people have plenty of chances to escape and they don't. And the reason why is pretty unclear. Uh, You know, in some cases, they're just like sloppy editing. And now the dude catches up to them. I don't know. The the guy's like 6'8", weighs like 350 pounds, is eating human meat, but he can run, outrun people. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, he's clearly not in any real shape. And this guy has no lore of like supernaturalism to him. There's no reason for him to be a superhero. He's supposed to be a gross cannibalistic mute monster, okay? 
He's not sprinting. You know, at least in the other one, it was clearly just like a man with a mask on. This they like made sure they wanted to get like fucking Umaga or whatever. <laughs> whatever. And I, I don't know, man. The kills they went for like all gore. Some of which are like, oh, that was kind of gory. Some of which look like very cheap. Uh, there's no scares. There's like a couple moments of tension. They either go on too long or, you know, the payoff isn't great. Uh, they bring back another character, which makes this technically a sequel, but it's just a cop. And then like, you know, just like in Scream and just like in Halloween, they're all very they've all been preparing for this moment for 20 years. But then they show up and don't know what to do. It, it just makes no sense, you know? Courtney Cox, oh, let's get this motherfucker. And then she just stands there and gets stabbed. It's just like, this is so fucking stupid. Why did we need you to help then? You know, it's just like, he's like, oh, no, you always got to shoot him twice and then doesn't and gets killed. (laughs) It's like, (sighs) anyway, back to Chainsaw. There's like a guy with a gun. The gun jams. It's like he's like a gun guy. He's like cleaning guns. His gun would not jam. Or it's like empty. Why would it be empty? He just loaded it. It's like it's all just so silly. Um, And the very ending, they're like saved by a self-driving car. But the chick is like. He still catches the car somehow. I I don't even remember. It's just all. It's all very bad. There could have very easily been a bunch of survivors. Oh, wait, that's right. A busload of people shows up. To like, I think just view the development site or whatever. I don't even really remember the reason why there was also another van of people. But it was like a party bus. And somehow there was no back door on this bus. Not an emergency thing. None of the windows opened, evidently. There was no, like, side back door, you know, like on a city bus. That's it. There's one door in and out of this bus. Anyway, Chainsaw Man gets on the bus, takes out 65 people. Makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. You know, because <laughs> there are points where he's literally surrounded as he's walking through because everyone is going to the windows and no, not one person is able to open a window on the entire bus. Again, there's like 35 people in there. By the time someone gets a window open, of course, that's right when he catches up. Very convenient. But there's like no reason to believe that there would be any difficulty getting out of this bus. And like you watch him walk down the bus But he's walking past people that are still alive. But you don't see anyone try to leave the bus at any point. It's just all very dumb. And that's it. They're they're just like standing there. And he just like mows them with a chainsaw. It's not entertaining. It doesn't scare anything. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. It just kills time. Like there's no creativity in the kills really. It's just like. uh, Okay guess you're doing this like I, I i don't even have words to describe so 
<sighs> That's pretty much the gist, honestly. It's like 80 minutes, feels longer somehow, and uh, it sucked. There's no real plot or story yet again. They're like, here's the intro, here's why we're here, and then he's just killing everybody. And then that's it. And there's no reason to care about the characters. I didn't know one of their names. I didn't remember really anything about them. You know. Just not good. Just just very not good. There was another part where this chick sees Leatherface chopping the dude she's with into pieces she's like stuck upstairs in a room goes and hides in a closet bitch jump out the window like quietly slowly open that window and then once you're out of there jump i mean it it just made no sense it just made none of it made any it was all bad it was just all very bad nobody knows how to react Like, here's the thing. You could say, like, oh, Adam, what if somebody was coming at you with a chainsaw? I wouldn't try to hide in the guy's house. I'll tell you that. You try to get out. If it doesn't work, hey, you put in the proper effort. You know? I feel like that was one of the... Let's let's go back back to relating this to Scream, but the original one. I feel like that's one of the great things about Scream. It's like, oh, here's people who, like, understand the dynamics of this... And will maybe, like, make smart decisions instead of the decisions that are made in horror movies. And that was on display in the original Scream, and that was refreshing. And nobody tried it ever since. Instead, we focus on the meta aspect of it. And that's been tried to copy a bunch of times. But, like, oh, smart characters in a horror movie, we just can't do it. Too much effort. So... Fuck that movie. <laughs> Let's flip it over to something much, much more positive. Also new to Netflix. Genius. The Kanye West documentary. Uh, as you may or may not be aware. I stand Kanye West. He is a hero of mine. For lack of a better term, but also I wouldn't say that that's wrong. Uh, We don't really need to get into much more, but massive fan here. The The second I clicked play, I was smiling ear to ear. My jaw was dropping constantly. I couldn't believe some of the things that were happening. And I love that not a ton of details were put out about this because it's even more amazing to like find it out as you watch it having said that if you haven't watched it i'm about to tell you so if you don't care that's fine but i enjoyed like getting the reveal so little did we know they have been filming this documentary on purpose like for the purpose of making a documentary for 20 goddamn years plus i don't know when they stopped because you know only the first part has come out so far but basically the director was a stand-up in chicago and you know 
He was doing fine, I guess. They don't really go into it. He wasn't, like, blowing up or anything. And through, like, various circles he was in, he ends up meeting Kanye. Oh, no, 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 no. Backtrack. Uh, He ended up getting, like, a public access show gig on a Chicago station. And it effectively became, like, the hip-hop channel. Or at least his show was, like, the hip-hop show. And so when dudes would come to town or like local artists or whatever, you know, he'd interview them, kick it with them, all that type of shit. So through that, ends up meeting Kanye, sees the promise in him just as a producer, whatever, right away, and abandons his aspirations, basically, and is like, dude, I'm going to follow you around and make this documentary about you that cool. And he's like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm the best. (laughs) Now, that doesn't explicitly happen in the movie like that, but... It is exhilarating the entire time. So basically, it starts off at Jermaine Dupree's birthday party, and you just see all these people just come into the frame over and over again. It's like, oh shit, and then young Kanye shows up, and it's just kind of off and running from there. And basically, the entire first part showcases his journey like from the point it starts at through like him just trying to get his deal for college dropout um which you know if you've listened to that record especially fucking last call uh where he you know for 10 minutes basically tells a very brief version of all those events him trying to get signed to rockefeller or anywhere, really. And you basically just watch all this shit happen, but it's all very real. There's not, like, staged moments. I mean, shit, it starts out in 1998. They weren't even thinking like that. He was literally just on his grind trying to get shit to go. And it's just incredible. There's a ton of moments with him and his mom at the house on 78th at various places, like... I don't know, watching their relationship is just really interesting. She's just, like, so proud of him the whole time. She, like, knew the words to all of his raps, and it was just really endearing and also painful to watch. Like, see, anytime you see a thing with them together, it's rough. But to see, like, such, uh, like, long-form moments captured in like privacy it's just incredible and they like show him go to rockefeller try to play his music and like the a and r's are just looking at him like he's a fucking lunatic and it's like how is this even possible how could you hear all falls down and be like nah we don't fuck with that and i already saw an article that said oh yay was coming around with cameras he filmed do that shit 10 times how are we supposed to react and it's like fuck you because they're trying to make it seem like their first reaction was oh we love it y'all didn't sign him like he had like after that point so i mean yeah i'm sure it sucks to see a guy with cameras come in and do that shit but it also shows like just how out there he was and how like brave you know the courage it takes to just walk into someone's office play a cd and like wrap it in front of them like he was all about it he knew he had it and nobody else did and it's just crazy and like underground chicago labels were trying to sign him like he was trying to sign wherever common and whoever at the time were signed he was trying to do that um 
But a, a bunch of people show up in this. Like Quali's in it. Moe's deaf. You know, obviously Jay. The The list goes on and on of the people that pop up. And I, 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 I'm going to watch it again and again probably. Uh, I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I, I guess I'm just going to do part for part as it comes up but it's it's just phenomenal um i feel like here's the thing it's hard for me to say if it would be interesting if you're not a fan i think that if you're not a fan you should watch it anyway to understand like what this guy's been saying the whole time you know because the perception of him is so out of control and just completely wrong in my eyes that I don't know. I think I think you could learn something to see just how hard this guy works and like to show that he has actually always been told that he can't do stuff and has always proven everyone wrong the whole time and like what that can do to you and then like you know also like what losing your mom who you're that close with especially can do um but yeah, I'm thrilled to see where it goes. I wish it was longer. It's only three parts. Doesn't seem like there's enough. College Dropout didn't even come out yet. So I don't know how long this is going to go, if it's actually through the present or not, um, or even through like a significant stretch. I feel like it's got to at least go to like Twisted Fantasy, but we'll see. Um, there's great narration on it from the director. Kind of fills in some stuff, but man... Just uh, just a ton of incredible behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and it, it has a structure. It's not, like, super loose stories or anything. It's kind of... It's, going, it's about his, like, creative journey, basically. It's not just like, oh, this is what... Like, we're deciding we want to paint this guy as, or... This is like the narrative Def Cham would want you to know. You know, it's nothing like that. It's just like this is Cootie, I believe is the director's name. There might have been two directors, but either way, he was just like, I believe in this guy and I want to see where he goes and like watch this journey and I want to be a part of this. And like the guy was right. And it's always crazy to me when stuff like this happens. Like the last dance, it's like, oh yeah, they were filming a documentary the whole time and now it's coming out. And it's like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> That's unbelievable. So like shout out to like true documentarians like that who will just grind out and film footage forever. Like when we were kings, the guy worked on that movie for 40 years or whatever. And it's unbelievable. It's the same type of shit. Like when you're going to put 20 years into a documentary, it's usually going to turn out pretty fucking incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, part one was fucking incredible. There's no reason for me to think that the other two won't be, uh, and I'm sure they'll be up on the next couple episodes now. Ooh, I guess I should clarify while saying that possibly not on time. <laughs> uh, we'll see though. I'm back to recording on Sundays since football's over. So we might have some banked episodes here and there when I get a little more time or whatever so just a heads up in that but go watch genius I you know I I, I like the weekly format just because you can break it up but I would easily watch it in one sitting if I had you know five hours or however long you will need um but great shit great shit
All right. So let's pivot on to some more movie magic, shall we? It is that time of the year. It's Oscar season. And, uh, you know, there's a decent amount of disappointing things in here, as there usually is. Um, Not as much really to discuss, which I think is the problem that the Oscars have been facing for a while now. But, I mean, look, I think I did a whole fucking episode last year on just the nominees. And I don't know. I think I just I have more to complain about than more than what I'm happy with. So I I don't know. This is also just a loaded episode, so we're gonna compact it a little. I suppose I could spend a fucking hour talking about this, but you know we're gonna do what we're gonna do. I'll go through category by category. We'll talk whatever. I'll make a pick just for the fuck of it. I probably won't even remember. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, we'll talk it out. We'll see what's the problems, what's good, what will maybe happen, what seems like is going to happen, and how that will all be disappointing as well. Okay? (laughs) So for your 94th Academy Awards, let's see what we got here. So, like I said, I'm going to go bottom-ups. You know, we save the good categories for the end. Best Visual Effects. These are all, I would say, eh, maybe not all pretty predictable, but, you know, you can usually pick out visual effects. You got Dune, Free Guy, which, you know, seems terrible, but apparently wasn't bad. I don't know. I didn't see it. No Time to Die. didn't see it. Uh, Shang-Chi, definitely didn't see it. And Spider-Man also definitely did not see it. Uh, I could see this one going to Dune simply because the Oscars do like to... At least I feel like maybe this isn't maybe this doesn't have like statistical evidence, but I feel like they like to pick <clears throat> excuse me, the movie where visual effects aren't major elements of the plot, but rather like a huge piece in set design or production, things like that. Um, also just like when they're done in a more artistic way in general, my favorite example is Blade Runner 2049. That one was kind of a lock because it needs the visual effects to make the movie, so it's not like they're useless. Um, But it's not overbearing. It's not, you know, a cartoon dragon taking out the city. Um, But it also wouldn't surprise me if Spider-Man won just because it was the highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, I feel like those are the two options. The other ones don't really have a chance. Um Unless No Time to Die has some crazy shit in it. Because, I, I, you know, I feel like that's also like an elevated form. But it's still an action movie. So I don't know. Uh, best editing. Don't look up. No chance. Well, I, I, I won't say no chance. But I don't understand that. My biggest complaint is that that movie's too long. So it needs more editing. Now, maybe they mean the quality of the cuts and whatever and how, like, effectively that's done. I guess I don't know what criteria they're necessarily looking for, but still. Uh, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. God, how is Tick, Tick, Boom nominated for anything? I will never watch this movie. I have no interest in it. It seems like it would be horrible. That's a terrible name for a movie. 
And yeah, I'm out on the Hamilton guy, okay? And I know that his name is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Everybody knows that that's his name, but he's the Hamilton guy because what else has he done? Nothing. And actually on that side note, I want to note, since we were talking Super Bowl, there was an ad for that fucking Jordan Peele movie. The trailer looked horrifically bad. And I saw posts the next day like, oh, great Super, good and bad Super Bowl ads. And everybody's like, Jordan Peele looking great, coming back again. And it's like, what are we talking about? That movie looks like a sketch of a horror movie. If that was a Key and Peele horror movie, it would be fucking awesome. It would look great. This guy is up his own ass and everybody else is in there too, I guess. I, I really don't get it. Anyway. King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Power of the Dog will probably win because it's going to win everything. I have no interest in watching that movie. Uh, mainly because I don't like Benedict Cumberpatch. Also not that interested in just like a slow, sloggy Western movie. Uh, and Cumberpatch is just trying to be Christian Bale. All I see when I see him with the beard and that outfit on is, oh, you think you're Christian Bale, but you're Benedict Cumberpatch. Fuck you. Okay. (laughs) That's all I have. Costume design, Cruella, Serrano, I don't even know what that is, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, this could go anywhere, I'm going to go with West Side Story because it's the remake of West Side Story, Steven Spielberg, all that, people love that shit, Uh, but you know, that could go anywhere, who fucking cares also. Makeup and hairstyling, Coming to America, Cruella Dune, Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci. Uh, That'll probably go to Dune also, but again, who knows, who cares? House of Gucci was a shit movie, everybody says, so I'm kind of against a shit movie getting an award, even if they have, like, even if you have good makeup and hairstyling, but the movie's terrible, it's like, you really deserve an Oscar? Unless it was that noteworthy, which seems impossible that both things could happen. All right, best cinematography, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Um, From what I've seen, this seems like this could be a victory for Tragedy of Macbeth. It's black and white, it's moody, it's whatever. I didn't see the movie, but I don't know. Um, Power of the Dog, of course, could win that as well. Just because when you're up for everything... You know, if you're going to win Best Picture, you could very easily win Best Cinematography. Who knows? Um, but I'd be I'd go for Macbeth in that one. I guess I'm supposed to p- take a pick in everything, right? So uh, I already abandoned that. Anyway, so I'll, I'll go back. Visual effects, I'm going to take Dune. Editing, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Power of the Dog. Costume design, I'm going to take West Side Story. Makeup and hairstyling, I'll just pick Dune for the fuck of it, but I don't know. Uh, Cinematography, we're going to go Tragedy of Macbeth. All right. Best production design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Hmm. I feel like Dune relies too much on visual effects, so that one throws that one out. Nightmare Alley was a bomb, so I don't think that they're going to give them anything. But that that doesn't really factor into winning Oscars, I guess. But we'll see. I, I, I just don't have any faith in that one. I feel like they gave Del Toro all his shit in the last round. 
Uh, production design. I'm going to go West Side Story yet again. I think that they're going to win technical and nothing else. Um, so best sound, we got Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. My instinct is to take West Side Story again. I could see Dune winning this. I don't think No Time to Die should win because I guarantee it's a very loud movie. So no matter what, probably not. <laughs> um, so we're going to take West Side Story again in that one. Original song. Uh, King Richard, Encanto. That's also Win manuel Miranda. Fuck this guy. Uh <laughs> Belfast, No Time to Die, Four Good Days. Uh, I'm going to go with King Richard. Let's give fucking Beyonce an Oscar. And that was a good movie, but uh, I don't know. So whatever. <laughs> uh, let's not give an Oscar to Billie Eilish, please. Okay, let's let her earn something at some point. Best original score. Don't look up. Didn't even notice it. So not that. Dune. Encanto. Parallel Mothers. I don't even know what that is. Oh, Spanish movie. They're not going to win. Uh, <laughs> Power of the Dog. I'm going to go Power of the Dog because I want Johnny Greenwood to finally get one, but it's a crime that he didn't get one for any of his work with PTA. Let that be known. Animated short. Couldn't even pick. So we're not even going to read them. Nobody knows what any of these are. Uh, if any of these came out before a Pixar movie, I pick that one. Best live action short. Uh, even harder to decide. I have no interest in that. So we're going to move on. <laughs> Best documentary short. Again, we got nothing here for anybody. Best documentary feature. I don't know what any of these are either. Um, but I'm going to pick, well, I do, I know what one of them is summer of soul. So I'm going to pick that one. Let's go for quest love. Okay. I don't know what any of the rest are or what they're even about. So, although there's one about Attica, that could be interesting. Let's see. Ascension. What is this? Follows the pursuit of the Chinese dream. No interest. Fuck that. Fuck those losers. We're not giving China anything, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, Flea, an animated docudrama story of a man who shares his hidden past of fleeing his country for the first time. Oh, I did hear about this. I think Riz Ahmed's involved. Right? He was a producer or something. I don't know. Um, but I like the idea of an animated documentary. That's very interesting. So I, I would I would like it if that one also. That could be fun. Um, and then something about journalists in a thing I can't read. So where is this? It's about a new. It's about a Hindi newspaper. So you know. Probably not for me. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> uh, we're going with Summer of Soul for Questlove. Backup flea. Not that we're doing backups, really. But, uh, yeah. So, let's move on. We're getting to the big ones now. Best international feature. You got Drive My Car. That's coming to Netflix soon. I really want to watch it. It's actually supposed to be great. Um, 
It's based on a Murakami story, so that I'm already interested because I thought that uh, I thought it was a ri- I thought it was something completely different when I heard the thing. I I don't know why I thought it was gonna be like something about like the Beatles or like something along those lines. I I, I don't know. Isn't that a song by them or something? Uh, so that threw me off, but I'm very much interested. In seeing that movie. Now, this is one of those. Let me finish the thing. So it's Drive My Car, Flea, Hand of God, Lunana, The Worst Person in the World. The Worst Person in the World is also supposed to be very good, I think. Um, So this is like as stacked of of an international category as you'll ever see. Um, So you got Drive My Car nominated for Best Picture. Flea's nominated for Animated. I think Worst Person in the World is up for Screenplay. Um, and yeah, they are. Okay. So they all have other nominations. Now, this is the thing that makes this category kind of silly though. If one of them is good enough to make the best picture thing and the other ones aren't, then it's clearly the best international film. Uh, this was the thing with Parasite and I think Roma before it kind of defeats the purpose of even having the category. Like, yeah, it's good for the other people to be nominated, um, and if somehow the one movie nominated for best picture doesn't win, it makes that category make no sense. So th- that's where that category gets, I don't know. It gets weird to me. Um, but like I said, given that they at least have other nominations, it's possible that that could go to another one and it won't be as weird, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Drive My Car in that one just for the exact reason I said. So, you know, I figure that kind of makes sense. <laughs> then we got Best Animated Film, which, as I just said, Flea is in there. So they have Documentary, International, and Animated. What a weird combination of things. It makes me even more interested in that movie. Encanto, uh, Flea, Luca, which... I don't know what that is. I guess when's Disney coming out with these movies? I, I never even heard of this. Mitchell versus the Machines. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer for that. That looks horrific. Raya and the Last Dragon. This is another Disney movie. When are they coming out with these movies? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take Flea just because that would be the best option. Because every other movie is made by Disney. I think. <laughs> Or Luca isn't. Or I'm sorry, Luca is. Mitchell and the Machines is the only one that isn't a Disney movie. Uh, and that just doesn't seem good, even though it's Lord and Miller. Shout out to those guys. I'm sorry, but there's no way. There's no way that should win an Oscar. So we're going to go with Flea in that category. Adapted screenplay. Interesting. Coda. Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, Power of the Dog. I'm going Drive My Car because I'm just rooting against Power of the Dog. But uh, the expectation is Power of the Dog is going to fucking win everything, which is bullshit. Best Original Screenplay, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Worst Person in the World. You know I'm going Licorice Pizza. It's a crime that Paul Thomas Anderson does not have one of these goddamn awards for any of the great things he's done. And uh, 
It's probably his lightest screenplay. So, is it his best one? No. Is it the best one in this? It's got to be, because he made it and he's better than all of them. That's all I got. Moving on. (laughs) Supporting actress, Jesse Buckley. The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose. I don't know what that is. <laughs> West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. Whoa. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Sorry for the lag on that. Um, but I'm not going to butcher that. <laughs> so, King Richard. Got the other one. Um, I'm going to take Kirsten Dunst because Power of the Dog's got to win something. So let it be this one where I don't have any real stake in this. Um, yeah. Alice in King Richard. Again, I'm sorry I can't pronounce your first name. I do feel dumb, but it it, it looks like a lot, and I could be way off. Um, she didn't get enough to do, but she had like a couple scenes that were very powerful, especially the confrontation in the kitchen. Uh, I just don't think there was enough to give that award to. Best Supporting Actor, Belfast, Coda, Power of the Dog, Being the Ricardos, Power of the Dog. It's supposed to go to the kid from Power of the Dog, Cody Smith-McPhee. That's what I hear. So I'll just take that pick, whatever. Best Actress, Jessica Chastain, Tammy Faye, never heard of it. Olivia Coleman, Lost Daughter, never heard of it. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, never heard of it. Nicole Kidman, Bing the Ricardos, nobody cares. Kristen Stewart, Spencer, nobody cares. All right. (laughs) Pretty weak category there. I'm going to go Nicole Kidman, Bing the Ricardos. Hollywood loves that shit. The, oh, I'm playing a classic actor. I got the makeup on. It's a set piece, whatever. I think she'll get it. I don't really care, though. Best actor, Bardem, being the Ricardos, Cumberpatch, Power of the Dog, Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel, Tragedy, Macbeth. I am rooting for and picking Will Smith. He's never gotten one. This movie was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. I did an episode on it whenever it came out. It's very entertaining, and he's excellent in it. It's probably the best like acting performance he's had since Pursuit of Happiness. Um, not that he's gotten, oh, gotten the chance. He's Will Smith. He can do whatever he wants. Not that he's been doing any like dramatic roles like this really. Um, at least not that I can think of. And if he did, they weren't very good. So this, (laughs) this is, this one was noteworthy. I feel like it was a return to form for Will Smith. Uh, he's been having a rough stretch. I feel like he's been in dog shit movies for years and has kind of fallen off, but he was excellent in this and, uh, he deserves one. You know, if Denzel got another one, wouldn't be upset. If Bardem got another one, wouldn't be upset. Although for the role at hand, wouldn't be a very happy choice. Um, I'm just rooting against the Brits. No Brits in this one. We don't want Patrick Garfield, okay? Best Director. Belfast, Drive My Car, Liquor's Pizza, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Uh, This one's going to go to Power of the Dog, I think, by default. My pick is PTA. But that's just a personal thing. I don't think they'll give it to him, although they should. Best Picture, Belfast Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Again, I'm taking Licorice Pizza because it's what I want. I think Power of the Dog's probably just going to win. Um, if it went to... 
If it went to like Nightmare Alley or West Side Story, I'd be upset. Any other one winning, well, King Richard would be shocking, so would Don't Look Up. But I, I would be okay with it, I guess is my point. Um, I'm going to watch. I'm not going to be thrilled. I'm sure I'm going to be disappointed. But you can't miss the Oscars, okay? It's not till March 27th. We got a lot of time until then. So... We'll see what happens. Uh, Hopefully I will watch more of these movies. Usually they'll get like streaming releases leading up to the show. So, you know, hopefully a lot of these become more accessible because, I mean, as you heard as I was going through it, I don't know what a lot of these were. didn't even know a lot of them happened. Uh, And it's it's still a weird time, just like last year. You know, it's not necessarily like movie theaters are full on back or were for the entire time. Uh So it makes sense that a lot of these movies are at least currently inaccessible. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully I'll watch more and get them on the show. All right. And we're just going to close out here quickly. I started the show Yellow Jackets on Showtime. And uh, I'm a little miffed. I got to say. Uh, so for those who those of you who don't know, it's a Showtime series about a high school soccer team on its way to the Nationals, I believe. It's either Nationals or State Champion. I believe it's Nationals because that would make it more significant. Uh, their plane crashes and they are stranded in the wilderness and a Lord of the Flies-esque thing ensues is the gist um and it's set both present and past um i guess i just thought that this show was going to be much different tonally and you know that could be on me but i think that what they ended up doing was a mistake and i think that there's a lot more potential in the idea than what ended up so right off the bat, they do a pretty terrible job of introing you to the show. So it's boom, it's high school 1996. We're there for like a couple minutes, you know, maybe 10, whatever. You don't really get an introduction to anyone by name explicitly. And yeah, there's just like, oh, here's high school. Here's a bunch of things happening. And then boom, cut to 2021. And it's like, wait, what? Who am I? And so, like, you're watching then one of the kids in the future, you know, in present day. But you can't keep track of who's who. And then you so you have to keep up with a present day and past storyline. But before you know who any of the characters are, so you can't really tell who their future counterparts are, um, at least not for a couple episodes, pretty much. Uh, the first episode does get better as it goes on, but it, there's long stretches where just like nothing is happening. There's they spend an entire first episode of them just like doing like high school drama, which makes no sense. It's like let's just get to the point, because uh, nothing that they reveal in that first hour is really relevant once they're out in the woods much at all. Um, now they go to like a big party in the woods before they get on the plane so not stranded a public known woods 
Um, and a lot of things happen there that end up being relevant. But overall, like the character building, I just thought was pretty weak and silly. Uh, I, I don't think necessarily that the time jumping. I guess you need to have it for consistency, because I was going to say if they would have went forward like later on, I would almost like I wanted the story to be linear. I wanted to just watch them. You know, go through the plane crash and then have to. Li- it says they live. They uh, were there for nineteen months. So then, let's go through the nineteen months thing by thing and like watch it get, watch like a descent into madness or whatever. Um, I think that the cuts to the future definitely put that away. But if you were to do it strictly to that, then an all of a sudden cut to the future where like half and half is past and present. That wouldn't really work because then you're kind of doing two different shows. Um, but I don't know. The the cut choices are weird. They 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 cut to like cannibalistic rituals in the woods. And it's like, well, why are you spoiling this? I'd rather watch them get to that point than for you to reveal that point. Oh, now we have to find out how they get there? No shit. They're starving in the woods. But it's like, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it didn't sink me in. It was more like, oh, you're like spoiling your own reveals um and i'll also just be honest all of the future storylines for people are not interesting at all uh and it's soap opera quality material i mean we're talking one lady thinks her husband's cheating on him so she follows him around but then she starts cheating on him i don't know if i worded that correctly it sounded like it came out weird but he was cheating on her, she thought, and then so she just cheats on him to get back at him, basically. But it technically wasn't ever that at all. Uh, his business is just struggling, and nobody in his family takes interest in his business because he's painted out to be a piece of shit. So that's fun, I guess, but who cares? Like, wh- It's just like, what does this have to do with the cannibal thing, we're just like checking in on what's going on with you. But like, again, we don't know who you are because we don't know what you went through because you're telling the stories at parallel times. So like, why do I care about how you turned out? I don't even know what happened. So it's just like, there's grappling with that the entire time. One of the chicks is a Senator. Her kid's like a psycho. And that's all stupid. Like, it's just not interesting and just like overly dramatized shit. Whereas the plane crash is all like the whole first thing when they're in high school through the plane crash is all played with like a lot of realism. Like, sure, there's drama in high school, but that's like real. Um, And then once it crashes, it also just goes off the rails. They're like one girl all of a sudden is like, I see a lake. So then they vote and everyone goes. It's like, how about you just split up? And then like, if it doesn't work out, whatever. Or if it does work, you know, and then you got to come back. Sure. But it's like, you're stranded anyway. So what's the difference? Um, Nobody sets up a shelter. They all just sleep outside and they're all very comfortable. Like right away, the first night they all go to sleep. And I just feel like that alone is just insane. Like you wouldn't be scared out of your fucking mind. Um, only one person has like a real significant injury. They have to cut off a guy, a teacher's leg. But that's it. Everybody else is pretty much just fine. So they don't really have to deal with anything else. And then, yeah, they, they just sleep outside. They're good. And then they just find water. They're good. And then they just find a cabin in the middle of what is like an unknown secluded woods. 
And then they just get a house to live in. No problem. And, oh, it just conveniently has guns and ammo. And it's like, wait, I thought this was a story about people being stranded in the woods. It's like, well, now you have a shelter, water, and hunting equipment. It's like, this isn't, I thought this was going to be like a survivalist thing. You guys just have, like are like extreme camping at that point. Um, so, yeah, and then I'm still not caught up. So I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know where it goes, but I don't know if I want to continue because at this point in the show, all the things I just listed are all very like gaping holes in the logic. Like it just does nothing that you would think of like about, oh, your plane crashes. Like think of Castaway, right? Like he was alone. And had to survive and like had to come up and discover all these things and like figure out ways to build and whatever. And these kids are just like, oh, there's a house. And then it's just like drama within the circle. And it's like, how are you guys worried about this type of shit right now? It's almost like they and that they're doing nothing to try to be found, try to discover new things. Um, there is a girl who found like the phone thing and destroyed it. And she's the crazy one in the future version of hers portrayed by Christina Ricci. And she's excellent. She's the best character on the show in both timelines. Um, that was the one moment where like anybody even like realized that they should be trying to do something. Now she was like, fuck this. People like me out here. Like I'm a dork. In high school and everybody makes fun of me. So now that I'm like the nurse lady. Everybody's got my back. So I'm going to like destroy this. So people will like me. It's crazy. Um, and nobody would ever do that. Just silly. I guess that should have been a big red flag. But beyond that point. There wasn't even a mention of like. How are we going to get found? There's like all oh, the rescue teams coming. Don't worry. And then it's been a few days. And people are skeptical. But still nobody's like trying anything. You need to like signal to people. Regardless. Like, if they're looking for you, it doesn't mean they know exactly where you are. That's not how shit works. Um, So the fact that their entire goal... And, like, the coach that they're with is an adult man. He's a full adult. He should have ideas. He should be telling these kids, like, what they should be doing to try to get found or to try to look for anything, anywhere. They should be climbing to high points to see if they can see anything. And, like, there's just nothing. There's no actual interest in survival or like what's going to happen and basically since they have a full stockpile of guns and they're by water there's almost no reason for them to like i understand the group is very large so that's where the food issue could come in uh but i mean come on if you're gonna kill like a fucking deer you're gonna be able to eat for a long time 19 months is a long time so i do get it um but i'm just saying like through five six episodes i think five it's more of a soap opera than it is like a survivalist drama. And that's a giant mistake. I think it would have been way more entertaining to watch it. One, like I said, play out in order, at least somewhat. And if you're going to cut to the future, at least do it at a time where it would be significant or relevant to whatever scene you're showing in the past, rather than just sporadic shit. Um, And then Juliette Lewis's character, she's one of the girls, you know, the future versions of them. She's like in love with one of the dudes they crashed with. And then the second they discover where he is, they go to his house and he's hung himself. 
and then like now they have to uncover like whatever this is and it's like turning into but <laughs> it's almost like they want it to be like i know what you did last summer they're like i know what happened out in the woods and there was like a calling card for all of them to like come back together but it's all done like very lazily and you can't really tell why and i don't know i i just don't understand the acclaim for the show i think i'm this is just a theory this isn't said with anger i think because it's like a 98% female cast that everybody's just like, thank God there's a lady show, but it's, come on, can we just be objective here? Like, why does it have to be this way? It's just what I don't understand. And also like, uh, what high school girls soccer team or men's soccer team, or even football team, or any team at any high school is flying on a private jet to go to nationals. That's not how it works. I suppose there technically could be a scenario where it does, but especially in 1996, seems incredibly unlikely. So... I don't know. I really wanted to like it. Again, it's one of those tragic things where it's like you hear it and you're like that sounds like an incredible concept and then it's nothing like what you imagined so maybe it's based on me for projecting uh but i also could see a million ways in which this could have been done better like i i just think the route that it went down uh is a very slippery path now i'm gonna finish it i'll give an update if i have a change of heart or if it gets significantly worse and more of the same terrible shit just keeps spiraling um so yeah i guess check back for genius and yellow jackets updates going forward because we'll see what we got uh but a disappointing show such critical acclaim i just you know when something is that lauded it doesn't make sense and that's kind of just where we're heading right now it's like when you see see spider-man is like a 90 percent, and then like a 75 on metacritic and it's like if you're giving it under the guise of what it is i guess but if you're trying to gauge it as a movie there's just no way that it's that good there's just no way and uh this is under those lines it's more of like a campy you know b movie entertainment thing i thought you know i don't know guess i just don't know what i thought but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'll finish it. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted. But I'm going to get out of here on that. Uh, we'll see what happens. I might have old pal Justice on next week, the week after. We've been trying to make it happen. We'll see. Uh, if not, I'll be back. Shouldn't be any gaps now for a minute. Had to take Super Bowl week off, though. Can you blame me? <laughs> Um, I guess that's it. But before I go, just want you to remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.